0: Hello and welcome to our webinar, Parish Pastoral Councils, Forming Leaders for Parishes on the Move. My name is Jonathan Sitko. I'm the Assistant Director of Programs for the Catholic Apostle Center, and I welcome you to this presentation. I am pleased to welcome our presenter for this webinar, Dr. Susan Timoney. Dr. Timoney is an Associate Professor of Practice in Pastoral Studies and the Associate Dean of Undergraduate Studies in the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. Before taking a full-time position on the faculty, Dr. Timoney served for 25 years in parish and diocesan ministry. She was the first woman appointed in a senior staff position as the secretary for pastoral ministry and social concerns at the Archdiocese of Washington. Dr. Timoney lectures nationally and internationally on evangelization, pastoral leadership, and Christian spirituality. She lives with her husband in Washington, DC. If you have any technical issues during the presentation, please send a message in the chat box on the bottom right of the screen, and I will assist you. In addition, feel free to type any questions you have for us in the questions tab of the the chat box in the right of your screen, and hopefully they will be answered towards the end of this presentation. I will now turn things over to Dr. Timoney, who will get us started with a prayer.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining the Catholic Apostolate Center and me today for this presentation on parish pastoral councils. Today, the church remembers the Roman martyrs, the ancient ones such as um, Perpetua and Felicity, But I think we also know that our parish communities wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the witness of the martyrs throughout the ages. And so I invite you um, to join me in prayer in asking their intercession that they continue through their witness, through their lives, through the grace of their stories to help shape and form us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, almighty and merciful God, as you have poured the knowledge of your only begotten Son into the hearts of the people by preaching and the blessed witness of the Roman martyrs and all the martyrs throughout the ages, through their intercession, may we be made steadfast in faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the union of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'd like to talk a little bit about what brings me to this conversation. And as you see in the chat, I'm asking you to share with us your relationship with parish pastoral councils. So I bring to the conversation more than 25 years of experience with pastoral councils. I've served in just about every position one can serve on a parish pastoral council, with the exception, of course, of being the pastor. I've been a member of parish pastoral councils. I've been an ex officio staff member represented on the council. I've helped establish new councils. I've worked with a team at the Archdiocese of Washington that developed new norms and guidelines for parish pastoral councils in the Archdiocese of Washington. All this is to say that I have spent a heck of a lot of time sitting around a table with a council thinking about how our parishes can um, increase their capacity for evangelization and to remain um, vital in terms of their ability, right, to serve the people who call that their spiritual home. I wanna talk a little bit about this graphic that you'll see um, in a number of the slides. So I had the great uh, pleasure and opportunity to visit the city of Maastricht in the Netherlands. And we had a tour of the Basilica there, the Basilica of St. Servatius, um, which the current building is on the site of a church that dates back to the third century. This building dates back to the 10th century, but it was undergoing a major renovation. And the person who was giving the tour said, oh, you said that you're involved in parish ministry. You might find this column particularly interesting. And this is a column of the parish pastoral council that was responsible for the design and the implementation of the renovation of the Basilica. And so in that great tradition of artists who paint themselves into their paintings, they decided that they would carve um, in memorials, so to speak, Um, an image of their working around the table on the new design um, for the renovation of the Basilica. So um, I don't know if your councils will have the opportunity um, to be able to um, have such a memorial, but I really liked the idea of giving such a place to the work of the Parish Pastoral Council. So I see for those who are participating, we have a number of folks who have served on councils and um, a newly ordained deacon, Um, the parish staff person who coordinates the work of the council. So I hope in the question and answer period, we can have a really lively conversation. So the first thing that I think is always a good starting place is to talk about a little bit of the history of the council. And I want to do this for two reasons. I have noticed over the um, certainly the last five or six years, there's such an interest in lay participation in the church. There's such an interest and people feeling a need um, not only to recognize and be assured that there are lay people serving in um, in, right, in parishes and dioceses on committees in the administration um, in senior staff positions, but also that lay people have formal ways of giving voice to their concerns. Um, we would use the language right of exercising their co-responsibility and so many times in those conversations we never call attention to the fact that parish pastoral councils parish finance councils diocesan pastoral councils were in the minds of the um the work that was done following the second vatican council to be embedded in the structure of the church to call lay people to the very kind of participation and influence that so many would like to have. So at the Second Vatican Council, particularly around the discussion of the decree on the laity, the council fathers recognized in calling for the renewal of the of the apostolate of the laity, both in the world and to the church, they needed to think about, well, what would what would a structure look like? Where is there that place to um, uh, to make sure that lay people have the opportunity to exercise this co-responsibility? And so, in in the decree on the laity, they talked about the establishment of councils within the church. Now, here we don't just mean diocesan pastoral councils, or finance councils, or parish pastoral councils, but rather a taking counsel in the broad understanding of groups of lay people exercising leadership. They write this, councils at the diocesan and parish level to assist the church's apostolic work, evangelization, charity and social relations. So that's the way the council fathers in the decree of the laity in, in about 1965 um, described this idea of creating these kinds of councils. They saw that it was an opportunity and a primary um, way in which they could foster collaboration between bishop-priest and laity. And then, with the revision of the Code of Canon Law in 1983, and this was under the leadership of St. John Paul II, two things were done that set the scene, I think, for what many of us experience in our parishes today. And that is first the code mandates that there be a parish finance council. And then it recommends that the Bishop establish not only a diocesan pastoral council, but also would foster and encourage the establishment of parish pastoral councils to foster pastoral activity. And I think here we see um, the codification in a way of the encouragement for these two structures that really represent um, the the councils that that carry the weight of truly being an exercise in co-responsibility. In the case of a diocesan pastoral council of bishop and uh, lay members of the diocese, in the case of the parish pastoral council, right, the pastor and parishioners. So today we're gonna focus um, primarily on the work of the parish pastoral council. As I said, I, I think that there's a moment, there's a time really for the renewal in our understanding that the role and the potential that parish pastoral councils and diocesan pastoral councils can have in forming lay people for leadership and in nurturing this sense of a co-responsibility of bishop, priest, and laity. I think that we have in the past underestimated the potential of parish pastoral councils and I'd love for us um, to be able to to experience the kind of renewal in in our understanding of pastoral councils that we have um, with many other uh, ministries within the church. So um, here I want to do this um, first by talking, uh, before we look at the structure of the council, by reminding us that the structure of the council comes and reflects the very nature and mission of the church. So for a lot of first time council members, I think many come to the idea of serving on the parish pastoral council in a way that they've experienced perhaps serving on a school board. Or serving on a board of directors of an organization or being part of the executive committee of something like the Rotary Club or the Kiwanis Club. Pastoral councils are very different. Their meaning and their structure reflect the very nature of the church. So that is to say that we talk about the parish as the place that most Catholics have the most um, intimate and fullest experience of what it means to be a Catholic of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. I love the language that we use often to speak of the parish as our spiritual homes. And it's the center of the life that is the family that we call church, the body of Christ. And so if Christ is the head of the body and we are the members, we know that what we experience in, in worship, in the celebration of the sacraments is that being united to Christ, grafted to Christ, and through our baptism, sharing in the mission of the church. And so the first thing this reminds us is that the church is not a man-made institution, right? That the church was founded by Jesus and by the grace of the Holy Spirit, it continues to exist having entrusted its leadership right um, to our bishops and our priests and our lay people in this um, relationship of co-responsibility. And in the recognition that first and foremost in being united to Christ, the mission which we've been entrusted to is the very mission of sharing in his preaching and teaching I really love the language of St. John Paul II in his um, apostolic letter on the vocation and mission of the layperson. He says this about the parish. The parish is the place where the very mystery of the church is present and at work. The parish is not principally a structure or a territory or a building, but rather a family of God, a fellowship of fire with a unifying spirit a familial and welcoming home. Well, I certainly hope that that has been your experience of parish. I've been blessed because I would have to say that the parish has been my spiritual home. It has been welcoming for me. But I think what's interesting is that this language here is pertinent to today because, in fact, we know in many of our dioceses no longer are people choosing a parish based on where they live, right? So we're beginning to learn that in fact the parish structure isn't a territory. We know that the parish is not simply the building and we're very aware that for many people they no longer necessarily and immediately look to the parish to be their spiritual home. And and so we have this opportunity, right, to remind ourselves of what it means to help people understand the role of the parish and what the parish can be in their own lives and in the life of the community. But before we get that far, I wanna stop here and say, so what does this nature of the parish tell us about the structure of the pastoral council. The first is that the council is a consultative body to the pastor. So I want you to stop and think about the times that you have sought out consultation. It could be that you received a diagnosis or your doctor was recommending a treatment and you wanted to talk to another doctor to see if he affirmed the first doctor. Uh, Um, intuition or uh, solution to the medical issue. You may have sought out educational experts to help you work out the best plan for education um, for one of your kids. You may seek out um, financial consultants to talk about being able to maximize your investments. And so we tend to associate consultants, and some of you listening today may in fact be consultants yourself. We tend to um, look to consultants to help us um, find out the best, uh, the, the best knowledge um, in answer to a particular question, or to help us think through something that's either challenging or maybe we think a little bit beyond um, what we know ourselves. So in the same way, we think about the pastoral council as those experts in various aspects of parish life that can help the pastor discern, respond to, and meet the needs needs of the parish. I'm guessing, for example, that in your parishes, at some point in the last 16 or 17 months, you went looking for a parishioner who had expertise in video and live streaming. That 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 became really critical, right, to the parish's ability to continue to be that um, that spiritual home um, for its parishioners, even at a distance. So so this idea that the the council is is a group of um, parishioners who bring particular expertise about the parish life and mission to the pastor in order together to um, to determine the the needs of the parish to 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 recognize the needs of the parish and determine how best to respond to those needs um and in a second webinar that we're going to do really to be focused on the commitment to parish planning secondly given the nature of the consultative body of the council the second aspect that's important to understand is that the council practices consensus rather than decision making and what do i mean here it's this idea that consensus is an expression of the communion that we experience as the body of christ And so here we're saying that we want to lead first and foremost with our spiritual identity when we think about the role of the council and so that the consensus is the work we'll see of discernment and of prayer to say that this is what we think the lord is asking us to do at this time in 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 the face of this challenge or this part this point in our parish's history. Now, consensus, for those of you who have had the opportunity to practice it, doesn't necessarily mean unanimity, but rather coming to an agreement for a common purpose or the uniting of of, of the wills, right, of the people gathered to say this is what we need to do to move forward. This is what the Lord is asking us at this time and in this place. It certainly doesn't mean there can't be differences of opinions. It certainly doesn't mean there can be robust discussion and for sure, at some point, perhaps disagreement. But the work, I believe, of coming to consensus is the work of recognizing that first and foremost, we're called to live and exist as a community in communion, With Jesus, in communion with the church, in communion, right, with the priests and laity together. One of the most challenging opportunities I had to work with a pastoral council that really brought home to me the spiritual nature of this communion, a consensus toward communion, was when I was working at the Archdiocese of Washington and the bishop asked me if I would. work with a parish who was coming into full communion with the Catholic Church through what we call the Anglican Ordinariate. So some of you may be familiar with this, that Pope Benedict made an allowance for um, parishes and priests who were Episcopal or Anglican who desired to come into full communion with the Roman Catholic Church to do so as a community, as a parish community, and to be able to maintain some of the traditions in liturgy and in prayer of their Anglican identity. And so it's called the Anglican ordinariate. And so we had a parish um, in the Archdiocese of Washington who who was seeking this. And so I was asked to go out and to help their council Um, understand the role of parish pastoral councils in the Roman Catholic tradition. So as you can imagine, I was a little nervous, um, given that if you know anything from um, Protestant churches or even Episcopal churches, in many cases, the councils are the authoritative body um within the parish within the church they hire and can fire the pastor they set the priorities for the pastor they um, they set the budget and and confirm um, the budget for the community so they have a tremendous amount of authority in their traditions so it was my job uh, to present the vision of the council and the norms and guidelines in particular in the archdiocese of washington And so I got to about this point in my presentation and I said, I want to stop and see if there's any questions. And there was a silence that in my mind seemed to last a long time. And I thought, okay, Lord, just help me be ready for all the questions. So the first man to speak leaned back in his chair and he said, I think what you're saying to me is that as a council in the Roman Catholic tradition, will have less authority, but more responsibility. I thought there could not have been a more perfect um, summary of what it is um, that we understand about this, this idea of always having this experience of communion at the heart of not only the work of the council, but the work of the parish. And so how we do that in the Christian tradition is that we structure the meetings around the practice of prayer and of discernment and of discussion. So again, um, not so much uh, coming necessarily to uh, decisions but rather first and foremost, starting in prayer bringing the Lord into the conversation because of course it's the Lord who's going to lead and guide the parish and then bringing what is on the agenda to the table in a way that people can enter into a period of discussion to understand the the parameters um, of the question or of the event that's being planned or the direction that the parish wants to move, to look at it, from as many varying perspectives as there are around the table and to say what is best for the parish and what is best um, for the people who we serve and and so the work of the council really ought to focus and ought to move around these three pieces of prayer of discernment and of discussion i've written a manual um, to help pastoral councils do this, because I think this is the piece that oftentimes gets lost in the absolute um, amount of work that councils are sometimes asked to undertake, and the needs of of the parish, for things to be decided, for programs to be created, right, that um that we can feel the pressure of of needing to get things done. And I'm sure many of you, have sat at a meeting where someone and i believe i've been guilty of this myself says who our agenda is really long tonight so we're just going to say a quick prayer i think that's exactly the wrong place to start there's a great saying that um if if you're too busy to pray then you need to spend more time in prayer not less time in prayer and i think that the um that councils not only need to spend more time in prayer but need to practice this discernment, need to be reminded of, of the um of the role of lay people, of the role of the parish in the life of the community. And and so I set out to to create a series of reflections that include prayer, that include some questions, that help the parish take those questions Apply it to their uh, what's facing them. you know, what's on the content of the agenda um, for the meeting, but to be able to enter into it in a in a method of prayer um, through prayer and and through discernment. I I think that this is what then enables the practice of consensus. What do we mean by discernment? It might be good to say something there quickly. Discernment, of course, is an authentically Christian practice. It's the idea of taking prayer and reflection in order to be able to come to understand what the Lord is asking of the parish in this situation. It helps us to recognize that our guidance begins in scripture, in the tradition of the church. And it reminds us to be able to sit back at times and say, what's essential here? So that we understand where the the right priorities lay and how we can begin to address those priorities. I think um, organizing the agenda allowing time for um, prayer and discernment as we move toward consensus also reminds us and keeps that which is most important about parish life front and center. And that is, it It ought to be an experience of community and communion for our parishioners, and it ought to be the place they call their spiritual home. Coming to consensus and practicing prayer and discernment certainly takes more time than, than maybe more typical ways that we might move through the agenda at a meeting i think often another responsibility that council members have is to take the discernment process and to go out and talk to other parishioners to give it time um, to to see it uh through the eyes right of parishioners to give to give some time for council members to sit with it maybe between one meeting and the next meeting to see what Um, What seems to become more clear? Are there other questions that need to be addressed? And so I I think that the other piece is that not all the work is necessarily done at the table at a particular meeting, but continues to be done in the in-between times in order to engage as much of the parish as possible. On the screen there you'll see um, a nice summary. So when what is then the work of the council toward uh, discernment and discussion and consensus? And I would say this, in the most general terms, which then allows it to be applied more specifically to um, particular situations, it's this, that through reflection, through prayer, through planning, through motivation and support, the Parish Pastoral Council serves the pastor by helping to identify and encourage those ministries or services that are needed for the overall good of the parish. What I like there, it really puts front and center this commitment to reflection, to prayer, to planning, to motivation and to support. We're gonna talk a a lot more about planning in an upcoming webinar, but I do also want to spend some more time digging a little deeper. um, So if that's the kind of work and reflection we want the council to do, what other pieces make for a, um, a, a well-functioning council. And so here, we're going to take a little uh, a look at uh, some best practices from my own experience. I'm hoping that you can add some in the chat if you've got um, some other ones that you don't uh, hear me say, but that have worked for you. Um, the first is thinking about who are the members of the council? Obviously, the primary consideration ought to be, right, parishioners who are active in the worship life and the life of the parish. Parishioners who are knowledgeable about parish life and knowledgeable about the faith. Parishioners who have knowledge and experience Of at least one ministry or maybe a couple of ministries in in the parish. And then I would say there's a second category, parishioners who have knowledge and skills related to the particular issues the parish is facing. We know one of the great gifts of lay people is we come with professional skills we come with skills that we've developed um, that that aren't necessarily directly related to the exercise of ministry or to parish programs perhaps but are something that the parish may need i think of folks who are involved right in design and um, building if if the parish is undertaking a building project or a renovation kind of project i think of the increasing importance of technology the increasing importance of the digital space and so parishioners who come with experience in that area i think of um, larger parishes who may have large um, numbers of staff people who serve perhaps a school and um, uh daycare center and ministries and so people who come with um human resource experience and so so there i think the the ability of the council to take some time to say moving forward what are the gifts what are the expertise that we might need on this consultative body and do the members that uh we're inviting to consider joining the council um bring exactly the skills that we need. I think having said that it's also important to have longtime parishioners and it's also important to have new parishioners, right? You like to get that perspective of um, people who know the way it's always been done and people who um, may see something different in a new way that it can be done. I think the easiest way to talk about what's the best profile of a parish council that the council ought to reflect the face of the parish. That is to say the council ought to reflect the people that we see in the pews on Sunday, in terms of age, in terms of culture, in terms of length of time they've been parishioners, um, in terms of uh, certainly being being active in the parish in a way in which we would say that the parish um, is a commitment to which they're serious. Now, it doesn't mean, right, they need to be involved in five ministries, it may be that they've worked in one area for a long time, but they bring tremendous expertise in in that one area. Also, the parish ought to include representations of the staff. other organizations in the parish, if there's a school or a senior uh, citizen residence or a service organization or a religious community, anybody who really is at the heart of parish life ought to be represented on the council. We say that the best practice is that a council range in size from six to 15 members, um, six being about the right size for smaller parishes, 15 being the number, for large parishes, in the sense that any of you who have ever been involved in small groups, right, know that if you get more than 15 people around a table, and you're hoping to have a robust discussion in which everyone has a chance to to share and to offer their perspective, when you have more than 15 people, that just becomes really tough to do in a fruitful way. And so I have found even for some of our largest parishes, 15 tends to be about the right number. Drawing from this idea that we're members of the body of Christ and we form this consultative body, I also think that there's something to be said for appointing members to a parish council rather than hosting a parish election. Now nothing in canon law says that you have to do one or the other. And certainly, there's been a long tradition in many parishes of electing members to the parish pastoral council. I think appointment matches the consultative dimension of the body rather than elections. In a really practical way, I think in parishes of a particular size, it's pretty hard for the candidate to actually be known by a large number of parishioners in which the election then really does function um, as as an election in terms of finding the best person to to fill the seat. I think what I'm I'm trying to say is often um, if you have four or five people running for election, the likelihood that a majority of the parishioners know those four or five people well enough to make a decision isn't necessarily the case. The idea of appointment is that the council members would take some time to discern what's needed on the council, who in the parish could bring those gifts, that knowledge to the table. The council members ask if the person would be interested in having their name put forward. And so what you begin to develop is another opportunity for discernment. Another opportunity to be able to call people to share their gifts with the parish because they could make this contribution to the parish at this time. I think it reflects not only the nature of the council, but it gives the pastoral council members themselves a really big responsibility for finding the right members for the council at the right time. The names being presented to the pastor, the pastor making the appointments and then presenting the council to the church, to the parish, right, for its affirmation for them to know that here are the people um, ready to serve the parish and to serve them. And and so I am a big fan, as you can probably tell, of the idea of the appointment process and how it it's, it serves um, not only the parish well, but really gives um, as um, a sense of responsibility to pastoral council members to bring other members on to the council um, who can serve best as as consultants. If um, if you- what works better for your parish's elections. I think the amount of time that you can spend helping parishioners get to know those who are running for the council, letting parishioners know, well, what are the needs of the parish pastoral council at this time um, is, is really important. Um, As much information, right, as you can give to the parishioners, the better they can um, participate uh, in the selection of those new members. Um, There ought to be officers of the council. This is just practically really helpful. So the pastor serves as the chair, but um, a best practice calls for an executive committee, maybe two other members who help the pastor create the agenda, communicate not only with the council, but communicate with the parish as a whole. There ought to be someone who volunteers to be the secretary, right, to take good notes to create reports that may be shared with the parish, reports that may go into the parish records. Um, And so I think a executive committee of two or three people just to support in the organizational structure of the council and to keep the work of the council organized and, and moving forward is really smart and really helpful um one of the things I love best about the work that's been done on councils over the last couple of years is this idea that that part of the discernment process should be when and how is the best structure for meetings for the council nothing is written in law that you have to meet um, 12 months a year uh, once a month a suggestion is you don't meet less than four times a year right there's lots of organizations who have quarterly administrative meetings, that's kind of a typical practice, and not more than 10 times. And that really just allows for the reality, particularly that um, the period of Advent and Christmas is busy in the life of the parish, It's, it's busy in the life of many families. And so maybe not meeting in December and then not meeting during the summer. Um, but again, there's no right or wrong. Um, I think what's important is to say, what are the needs of the parish and the pastor by way of frequency and length, um, length of meetings? I know some parishes have four meetings a year, but those meetings tend to um, be anywhere from two to three hours, allowing time for prayer, allowing time for robust discussion, uh, sometimes allowing time for members of the council to work in in smaller groups. They find that um, that works well. There's certainly a lot of parishes who like that monthly schedule of of meetings because again, they wanna give good time for discussion and for discernment, um, but they have a lot that, that needs to be brought to the table um, i i think that the part that you sometimes don't see as consistently um, in the work of the council is the formation of the council members i think that council members can really serve as leaders in the community but also as a witness to other members of the community of what it means to be full and active participants um, in in the life of the parish. And so I would love to see a bit of the time. Um, And again, the resource that the Catholic Apostolate Center is going to be able to provide helps spend some time at the council meeting talking about um, what it means to exercise the lay mission and vocation. I, I think, again, as we live in a time where people are calling for some sense of renewal of the exercise of the co-responsibility of bishop, priest and laity, of a call for transparency in the way that um, decisions are made in in the life of the local church and the universal church, of the call and the desire for greater involvement by lay people in the life of the church. And I think our, our parish pastoral council and our diocesan pastoral councils can really be the bodies that help people understand what we mean by that and and how lay people can be full and active participants Um, in first and foremost right in in being witnesses um, to what it means to be a follower of Jesus and secondly um, to the vitality of our parish communities so I'm gonna pause there. I would love um, to begin a conversation and, um, and to see if there are any questions that I can answer or um, any areas we wanna talk a little bit more about.
0: Thank you, Dr. Timoney, for your, for your presentation. As Dr. Timoney just mentioned, we're going to, to move for about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, hopefully, um, with a uh, question and answer um, and so, I guess for just to start off, Dr. Timoney, what are certain uh, what I want to say is falls or challenges that can happen in the formation and continuation of parish pastoral councils? That if someone hasn't already been a member of, or if, for instance, it's sort of lagged or needs to be reinstituted, ex- you know, et cetera, what are some challenges that you might want to avoid, and how to best address them?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really good question to start off with. And I would have to say, I think one of the greatest challenges is when there's not a articulated vision on the part of the pastor of what the role of the council is in the parish and what kinds of things does he need the council to work with him on. And then likewise, if if it's not structured enough that people know when they're going to meet. Um, and and that there is an agenda to the extent that they know what they're going to meet about so they can come prepared. I think uh, when it is um, a little bit more haphazard, it's really hard, right, to, to get any sense of momentum or to see the importance of what can be done. I, I think that's one. I think the, the second is um, that... Uh, Council should have a good facilitator. We all know that what makes a conversation fruitful is when you have someone <laughs> who has the responsibility right to uh, to keep the conversation moving, to be able to summarize when that's important so that people experience a, a really well um, facilitated uh, conversation and meeting. Those are the two things that come uh, first to mind.
0: As a follow-up to that, I, I wanted to sort of drill down a little bit more And what are some of the unique qualities of a good facilitator for parish pastoral councils that are necessary compared to just good facilitators in, in other sort of avenues, or are they the same same qualities?
1: I would say in some cases, it's probably the same skills, but first and foremost, um, making sure there's that time for prayer and, and the prayer has been planned. And, and that people recognize that prayer isn't wasting time in getting to the agenda, but is gonna inform the way um, that we think about the agenda. I think also to remind people sometimes that in the work of coming to consensus, we're not looking to see necessarily where the majority of people are at, that what you're really trying to do is to draw out the different perspectives to become more clear on, on what it is that the council is is focused on and and so I think the the skill that allows time for silence and for reflection but also recognizes that um is able to call forth for the committee where they have in common and where do their minds and hearts seem to be aligned and and talk in in that area yeah, yeah.
0: Deborah has a question, uh, what are some things to avoid, turn offs to encouraging parish members to become involved by becoming part of the parish pastoral council?
1: Right, that is a great uh, question. And again, I think that it's really helpful for people to have a sense of, well, what is the commitment of the members of the council? What kind of time are you expecting of me? Are you expecting me to be involved in a particular way outside of the council meetings. I know that there are a number of parish councils who, who the council is made up of the leaders of the various ministries in the parish. That, there's, there's reasons that that could certainly be very effective, but I think um, the time commitment is really important for people to have a sense of. I also think if the council is done well, so often we look to the people who we know we can depend on to get things done. And parish pastoral councils are really more of an exercise of of reflection and, and contemplation, right? So it, it, they need to be, it, perhaps if we think of Martha and Mary together being that complement, right, of the spiritual life, maybe not so much the people who just like to see what the need is and get it done, and more the people who can appreciate um, thinking about something, mulling it over for a couple of months, coming back to it and discussing it again, it may seem slow and plodding, but if they're moving toward a solution that serves the parish and the vision of the parish, then um, I think matching in a sense, the personality that appreciates this kind of um, discussion, consensus, uh, consideration, uh, way of um of being at a at a meeting, um, I would say mm-hmm. the other uh, piece that's really important and can sometimes be a turnoff, if the meetings are contentious, if um, if the pastor and perhaps the executive council aren't exercising their leadership in um, in in recognizing. Um, how best to communicate what the pastor has decided, that that can become really difficult. Again, people just don't know where their place is and, and what's expected of them. Um, and then finally, I would just say a council that that um, that doesn't meet regularly, that doesn't have a responsibility to report back to the parish, what they're doing, again, doesn't seem to have a place actually in the day-to-day life of, of the parish.
0: So, Sort of on that same same line, Liz had a question of how do you how would you respond to those who say that the parish pastoral council is a governing body? Um, are they tasked with governance, or is that the sole responsibility of the pastor? And I and I know that's a, a question that a lot of people have about sort of like the purpose of parish pastoral co- councils in terms of their function and in terms of their their role. But you've talked a bit about this, so I would. Welcome your sort of follow up to that piece.
1: Yeah, I think it. I mean, one could say in in a simple statement, they're not a governing body. <laughs> Governance, in the way that we think about the exercise of authority or the ability to make decisions or to promulgate uh, policy, right? Um, that, in fact, is is the work of the bishop and the pastor in support of um, the bishop's vision for the diocese. So I think it's where being able to use the language of of consultative body when we talk about the pastoral councils is really helpful because this is something uh, unusual and related to who we are as a faith community than is more typical in... um, in 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 the United States and in a country which has a tremendous commitment to an activity, right for organizations um, who who uh, offer governance in in the life of the community. So um, I I think that um, that that's not the nature of of the church, and and I also think it doesn't mean though then that people don't have a voice, and and, and so I, I again when we think about the way that we use consultation, consultation carries with it, um, the, the, the possibility of being impactful. But it is very true that we get into trouble, I think, when we want to begin to shape the council in a way that doesn't reflect the nature of the church, and certainly because we also um, live in a church where pastors are, in fact, transferred and move from time to time. The more consistent the council can be from one pastor to the other, the the more place it has in the life of the community. I think
0: uh, that goes to sort of a sort of a follow up question. Uh, how is the best way? to encourage new members in a parish pastoral council for recruitment. Specifically, how do you identify, quote unquote, those new people that would provide fresh air into the reflection of the community?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question because so often, um, we we gravitate toward the people we know in, in the parish, and we may see an unfamiliar face. And so I think it begins by taking some time right at mass by using the parish bulletin, by um, maybe talking at committee meetings that we're entering into this period of inviting new people to the council. Um, here's what the council does. Here are some of the specific skills that we're looking for. Um, and um, if you have an interest, let us know. But I also think it's a good time to ask parishioners to name people who they know are relatively new to the parish, right? Or to ask, um, to ask new parishioners in particular to, uh, to have people available after mass, right? To talk with them, to see if this might be the right fit. It's a, it's a great opportunity to assess the um, how well the parish is doing, right, at, at recognizing newcomers, at welcoming them, at engaging them in conversation. Um, I was in a parish one time who, who uh, I would say for three weeks in a row, right at the end of mass, just shared a short little bit of, about the council. And I thought that that was really helpful in terms of the most number of people possible hearing something about the, about the council.
0: That makes a lot of sense. As a sort of follow up, I guess, or at least a, a question about the formation of a parish pastoral council, how do you avoid besides sort of scheduling it this way, but how do you get out of the temptation of creating parish pastoral councils to be almost like an activities board where it's just, you know, reporting on the activities of, of the various ministries of the parish and actually create it as something that is more deliberative and helping with the visioning for the pastor of the parish?
1: this is so hard and you know it's a legitimate challenge simply because in most parishes there's so many things that need to be attended to and a sense decisions that that need to be made and i like to think about it as it's always good in any organization to have a group of people who are responsible to say what do we want the organization to look like a year from now or two years from now And I think the council is the body within the parish that their focus ought to be on where is the next place we're being called to go, not on what needs to be done now. So certainly it's making sure you've got people doing the things that need to be done. And you certainly wanna hear reports from them from time to time. But I think the council has to be really disciplined about saying we're not the people to plan the parish picnic, we're not the people um, to to find the volunteers who are going to do the maintenance of the gardens and the lawn in the summer. Um, we have to make sure that someone's doing that. We have to help the pastor make sure those duties have been delegated. But but we're we're mostly focused on where we want to be six months six months from now or a year from now. Or we're the people that bring to the pastor to his attention, hey, we really need to begin to think about, we have fewer baptisms and more funerals, and and do our ministries reflect that dynamic in the parish? Or maybe the time to think about, gosh, we have a lot um, more people moving into the parish area for whom Spanish is their first language, um, or Vietnamese as their first language? And how are we making sure they're finding their way to religious education? And is it time um, that we offer a mass in Vietnamese or, or in Spanish? And so it's the bigger picture questions that ought to make up the agenda. So I would encourage people look at the last couple, you know, the last six months of the agenda items and see what category they fit in and, and how can we help make that shift?
0: that's very helpful because i i've heard from people who who believe they have effective parish pastoral councils but that's essentially for them just a almost like a club me- organizational meeting with prayer um and and you know to your point yeah. that's not helpful for the the long-term health of the parish
1: yeah um we're we're planning Jonathan and I are working on a second webinar that will look particularly at planning and how the pastoral council can be the planning body. And so if that is an area that people um, would like more about, um, stay tuned for sure. I'd be interested in the chat to see what have been some best practices that have really worked for the councils that you've been a part of. I think it would be great for people to be able to walk away with maybe some that that I didn't mention because they've worked for your community and Right. The thing about parishes is, goodness, they're of lots of different sizes and makeups, and they're rural, and they're urban, and they're suburban, and and so it's hard to say that um, you can you can lay out specifically the structure of the council and the best practices, and and that's going to be successful. Right. So Deborah writes when the council bonds even outside the decision making, absolutely, right? To the extent that you really feel that you 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 share in this family life of the parish and and that you that your your friends is um, and that's hard sometimes when we tend to only know the people at the Mass we go to. <laughs> so sometimes we have to find other ways to get to know people in the parish. <laughs>
0: Well, I think as people are, a t- couple of people are typing, uh, this might be a good time to plug uh, Dr. Chimney, your, your book. Would you like to speak a little bit about this and and this whole process that you've been working on related to parish pastoral councils?
1: So yeah, I'm happy to say that for me, I really became concerned in the work that I was doing with councils, that the, the time not spent in prayer and the time not helping people understand the place of discernment rather than decision making in the life of the community really was not enabling councils to be as fruitful as i think they can be and so i just and i know from my own experience that it's so hard to plan prayer and and to find the right questions that help people reflect at the beginning of the meeting, when they've, you know, maybe had a bad commute and they were rushing to get something to eat before they came to the parish and they're not really settled. And so I developed a 10-part manual that took 10 themes that I think are related both to the lay mission and vocation and to the mission of the parish. And I created a, a short prayer service. So the, these are designed to be somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes. So to begin in prayer, but then I have a section that are questions that the pastor could reflect on in terms of what he would like to talk to the council about, and then questions for the council members to reflect on in terms of their responsibility as council members, their responsibility as lay men and women. And so it's designed to be, to put in hand um, an outline of what a 20-minute Prayer slash discernment experience could be that would then then lead you in to the specific things on the agenda for your pastoral council. And I I take it from the um, from the tradition of the church a little bit on the history of councils, on the history of parishes, um, and and so it's a variety. It's also a way to see the resources that help that have helped shaped and understand the, the mission of the parish, the call to the renewal in evangelization.
0: And I just wanted to note that the book is called In Service to the Parish and the Church. Uh, let me put a formation series for parish pastoral councils. And so uh, the Catholic Apostle Center is publishing it. It will be available hopefully soon, but pre-orders are available now. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I just included that link in our, our chat for those who might be interested in pre-ordering it. Um,
1: I- I want to give a shout out here. We have a lot of Debbies and Debras mm-hmm. in in the session today. Um, both the the building of the relationships is not something that I gave much focus to in this presentation. and And I think that that's really critical. And so both Deborah and Debbie talking too about them um, using spiritual direction, using retreats, right? using the the breadth of the experience we have to form people. Um, and making those available to the council is a great idea.
0: Dr. Timmy, do you have any uh, last thoughts or uh, ideas before we start to close?
1: I guess I would like to say that those of you who were on the call um, today, and, and certainly part of my interest is, I feel like the time is really ripe in the life of our communities to um, to recall for people the presence of the pastoral council, but really to make the pastoral council a, um, a force for the renewal that um, so many lay people in the church desire, but also for the primary avenue that they have to be able to feel like their voice is being heard and that they really are fully and actively participating. It needs to begin in our parishes because that's the place that people have the most experience of the church. But then that would inform the work that diocesan pastoral councils can do. And I think it would lead so much toward um, Catholic laymen and women really feeling like they are co-responsible protagonists for the mission of the church.
0: Thank you for that. And I think that's an excellent note to end on. So I wanna thank uh, Dr. Timoney for presenting and thank you to everyone who tuned in and joined us today. We'll have a recording of this webinar uploaded to our YouTube channel in the next week. So keep an eye out there and on our website, CatholicApostleCenter.org for the link. Um, You're welcome to share with anyone you'd like. As always, all of our content is free to share. If you haven't yet found us on social media, please like or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In the hope that we'll continue to reach more people with spreading the message of the gospel as dr timony mentioned this is the introduction to our new publication by her in service to the parish and the church a formation series for parish pastoral councils which is available for pre-order today there will be additional resources as well on the topic of parish pastoral councils that will be provided over the next few months so follow us on social media and our newsletter to be most up to date on our new materials uh this is actually the first in a two-part series on parish pastoral councils. We'll have a second one available somewhere in August or September, so please follow us on social media or our newsletter to get the most up-to-date information and to be able to register and share this for our next webinar. And in the words of St. Vincent Pilati, may the charity of Christ urge you on. Thank you, and God bless. Take
1: care, everyone.